everybody. We're about ready to start here, getting our act together a little bit. And we are uh, about to start our show here in about one minute. What's that? No, I can't hear anything. All right. And we are back, Warping Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. You are listening to us at RadioNext.tv, but you are also seeing us live on YouTube Live, and we are glad to be here with you today. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Mark Eckel and my co-host, uh, Dr. Clyde Posley, be coming in soon. Looking forward to that. We're going to be discussing some of the headlines of our day, and uh, I think it's uh, an important discussion. Uh, we'll be talking about various uh, issues uh, concerning race, concerning education, uh, even concerning gun control. Uh, we'll be talking about some of those things uh, here this morning. But let me give you an update just, uh, uh, just to give you a sense of where we're at uh, in terms of our goal for this particular uh, year. Uh, we are still about $15,000, $14,000 uh, in arrears to uh, pick up the rest of our budget. Uh, I think it's important uh, that we make sure that we end the year in the black. And our focus is going to be, of course, on making sure that we continue to create those videos, uh, to continue to create the things that are beneficial for uh, folks around in and around Indianapolis, uh, folks that are uh, doing good around Indianapolis. Uh, the whole focus of this radio show, for instance, just to give you an idea, uh, this radio show costs us $2,500 a year uh, to run. Now, that's a pretty cheap amount, quite frankly, in the radio world. We're really happy to be alongside HB, who's a great producer and uh, love the kinds of things that he's doing here with us. Uh, but that's what it costs us uh, to create uh, a radio show uh, once a week. Also wanted to mention, for instance, to uh, create the Truth in Two videos that we're doing. Uh, these kinds of videos are not easy to produce, nor are they uh, cheap to produce. So we're looking at about $5,000 uh, to take care of the truth in two videos once a week. And then we're producing uh, a documentary, and the documentary is actually being produced by Josh Collingswood, our technical uh, advisor here. He takes care of our websites, but he's also a great photographer as well as videographer. And uh, Josh is the one who is actually doing uh, this documentary with us. In fact, we're going to be doing some interviews with Dr. Posley, uh, perhaps some others, um, Merlin Gonzalez and others who have, we've had on the show here tomorrow over at Antioch Baptist. And so that's going to be an important uh, piece of the documentary evidence that we have going forward about Cominius. But to do the documentary, for instance, costs $5,000. So just to give you a sense of things, and then, of course, the big big discussion into the future. What is the plan for the future for the Cominius Institute? The plan for the future in the, at Cominius is actually to bring on a younger African-American man who will become executive director of Cominius. So I remain president founder, bring in a younger African-American uh, young man, help him through a PhD, perhaps even now in a PhD program, uh, get him through that program. He becomes, uh, he and I walk down the road, same arm in arm, 
uh, day one, uh, but he is the one who uh, we need here in Indianapolis. We are directly across the street from, from the Bonner Center. One of the keys to the Bonner Center is that they want diversity in the neighborhood. And one of the keys to diversity, of course, is to simply cross the street and be with folks who don't look like you. And so that's what our uh, plan is long range for the Comenius Institute. I would love to see that take place even this year, but guess how much we need for that? Just to start the process, we need a half million dollars so that we can fund this individual to get he and his family here in Indianapolis up on their feet, make sure that things are well with them, uh, get them through that PhD program, that's the future, I think, uh, is to see what we're actually doing today in Indianapolis. A lot of people talk about diversity, quite frankly. Uh, this show is actually doing something about diversity. That is, you have a black and a white PhD who are sitting next to each other, and we are engaged and interested in what's going on in our culture, in our community. Uh, the kinds of things that we talk about are things that are human issues. And, of course, decidedly from a Christian vantage point. Uh, we are coming at all of what we do from a Christian point of view. So Dr. Posley just pulled up, just see him outside. I think this is probably a good time to take a one-song break. And when we come back, Dr. Clyde Posley, Dr. Mark Eckel, we'll be discussing some headlines of our day, uh, some issues that hit all of us from a human vantage point, and, of course, dealing with these things from a Christian point of view. You're listening to Radio Next.tv, the Cool Groove site. This is Warp and Woof Radio. One song right, break. We'll be right back. Those of you watching on YouTube Live, here we are. We want to make sure that you see both of us here today. Dr. Clyde Posley will be walking in here in just a minute. Harold H.B. Bell on the other side. We've got a great facility here at 2131 North East uh, 10th Street. East 10th Street. So you want to make sure to stop by and see us sometime here uh, when you get a chance. Right across the street from the Bonner Center. You can't miss us. Uh, and here is the man, Dr. Clyde Posley, just hello, walking in. Hello, uh, hello, hello. want to make sure that, um, that he is settled. We're on a song break but for okay. youtube live so uh that's where we're at at the very this very moment uh just for those of you who might not be sure about what's going on in the world uh dr clyde is uh, going after a law degree so we best mind our p's and q's and make sure that we are abiding by all precepts rules and regulations oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> I can't wait till you get that degree, man. I'm going to be teasing you. It'll be a long time before I can command that kind of respect. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, yes. So I've got I've got orange and, and lemon. Which one do you want? I'll take orange and take the sinus. There you go. Take my Zyrtec, man. All right. And I won't be going on errors. I'm going to go stitch. Man, it's... it's a, Yelsat's really doing it to you, oh huh? Goodness. It's, All right. It's, and then and I, I have a different compassion for my students now. Oh, my. Isn't that the truth? When you go back to school again? Young people, man. Oh, man. 
So were you were you in the gel able to uh, connect about about that stuff? Law? No. Okay. No. Uh, is she is she doing LSAT? Uh, she already did. Uh, okay. She and Luke, I think you've met them here yeah. in the program. Remember, we had them in the So they're headed. Yeah. So they're going. Yeah, they're going to uh, the the MBA JD route. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, man, he's uh, Luke is fantastic. Just a brilliant guy. So is Joe. I mean, we're just wonderful young people. Great minds, man. Oh, you know, I I picked up on that that thing you've been talking about lately. Whenever we bring in young people, you call them scholars. I love that. You mm -hmm. know, and starting to call young people scholars. Absolutely. Yeah, I Absolutely. love it. Absolutely, it, it, it is. A, it is the truth. I was talking to someone long ago who was. Uh, Grasping with what to name their child. Okay. And I told them, well, you need to be very careful because whatever you call that child mm -hmm. is what you expect that child to be. Mm -hmm. And many people don't understand there was a reason that God named, gave people biblical names. Yeah. Not biblical names, but specific names. Mm -hmm. In the Bible, God called people what he expected of them. Yes. And he called them, he called them their purpose mm -hmm. in the earth realm, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's huge, man. Uh, so yeah, I am. Twenty-five seconds, okay. And then what you, you want people to believe mm -hmm. that there's scholars, but mm -hmm. so there'll be more. Yeah, there will appear to be more opposition. Yeah, to their um, success. Yeah, than there is help for their success. Mm -hmm. We know that's not true. Mm -hmm. But growing that age, as you develop into what you're doing, yeah, it looks like. Yeah, it's more than the area was. No, God's bigger than whatever it is. And we are back, Warping Woof Radio, Radio Next TV at the Cool Group site. And you are uh, seeing us on YouTube Live. Hello, make sure, hello, hello. Make sure to go to uh, Facebook and you'll see the link there if you're at, interested in seeing us live. That would be great. Uh, the more folks, of course, that generate these kinds of things uh, get. Get invested, get involved with us, uh, the better. Uh, in the first little segment there, just ahead of our break, uh, we talked about uh, the Cominius need, that we need about $14,000 to finish in the black, uh, looking for folks, maybe even one individual who can just write that one check and say, you know what, you guys uh, really appreciate what you're doing. Let's keep this going. So uh, anything that uh, you want to push forward in terms of uh, folks out there, please do so. Uh, we would be grateful for your help. In fact, just to kind of give you a sense of things, uh, June 24th, we're having a small group home meeting mm -hmm. uh, up in Fishers with a group of folks who are, they're inviting some friends from the local uh, church and they want to just introduce Comenius, uh to these folks. We're doing the same thing down in Greenwood on July 15th. So any of those kinds of meetings you'd like to have in and around Indianapolis, uh, shoot, I'll even go up to Chicago or I'll go up to Michigan, you know, wherever we need to do these things, that'd be great. Just an informational setting for folks. Dr. Clyde, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. I'm listening to you righteous, righteously ask for COVID. <laughs> and, and, and it's a right, it's, 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 it's biblical. It's biblical. Yeah. The Bible is full of uh, times where Paul uh, asked for assistance to carry out the ministry. Yes. That's yeah. all Comedius is trying to mm -hmm. do, is do the work of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's and, and 
the strong should bear the infirmities of the weak. Yes. And in, in this regard, financially, Cominius needs some assistance. Mm -hmm. There are some people that, and you know, some people listening to me who may know some people who are not listening. Yes. That you know what Dr. Echo and I are trying to accomplish is biblical. Mm -hmm. We don't yeah. come on here doing the touting anything nope. that's, that you can't prove in scripture, that can't be argued in scripture. Uh, there's it's not there's no racism there's no uh uh one political uh, uh bias or slant right we just push the scripture yep and it changes and it's changing life no, we, we, you know what we need to do um Dr. we need to have a show we just bring in some people because we know people we should we'll just bring in people who, whose lives are being affected by this show, by this what, show. what we're doing and, yep. and things that Things, things that are happening. I, I think we need to we need to get get that together. All right, all right, we'll do that because there are a lot of people being impacted. You know, it's it's really a great thing uh, to have to have this kind of a show. And it, as I was saying before, you came in across the street from the Bonner Center, who wants to uh, practice um, ethnic diversity here in the mm -hmm. neighborhood. Right. And here we are right. practicing ethnic diversity right. in the neighborhood. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And, and and that that shouldn't be taken lightly. Mm -hmm. I believe the Holy Spirit. Yeah, uh, brought our you brought this union together, absolutely this, this uh, collaboration together. That's right, and that's a big deal. Yeah. And because heaven is going to look far more like this, yes, than a lot of what we see in the media today. That's right. So all of the folks out there that want to talk about uh, racial reconciliation, uh, here we are doing racial reconciliation. I think that's an important idea and one that uh, we need to emphasize to folks in and around Indianapolis. Not not to mention the nation and the world. Right, that might be a good thing too. So uh, we are discussing today, uh, just the two of us for two hours, talking about the issue of headlines. And the issue of headlines is an important idea, uh, one that uh, I think is is powerful for us as Christians to engage. Uh, we're not interested in making sure that uh, the folks are engaged further, engaged further. Uh, from uh, from us in terms of a political slant, but what we are interested in is making sure that uh, folks are given uh, an equal opportunity, an equal framework to discuss these things, mm -hmm. and certainly from a Christian vantage point, that's what we're all about. Right. So uh, one of the first things uh, that uh, I sent in this little piece here uh, for us to discuss this morning, what had to do with the humanities, mm -hmm. uh, the importance of humanities-based education, and actually was one of these uh, statements out of the New York Times, which I always love to get uh, out of the New York Times, and making sure that folks are really committed to a humanities-based idea. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that for a minute. How important is the humanities for us, generally speaking? I, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about, let, let me approach uh, this discussion from um, what I consider to be both a theological and sociological uh, foundation for the humanities. Good. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, he's teaching his disciples and he says, go into the world uh, and teach them, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. teach them to observe all things. Mm -hmm. what, what The way I understand that, is that he wanted the disciples to go into the world as a part of explaining the gospel mm -hmm. to help them to understand that they could derive understanding mm -hmm. about him mm -hmm. and living as a Christian from the environment, the entire the, the entire world around them. Mm -hmm. And uh, humanities 
the humanities, understanding the humanities uh, uh, helps us to tie the scripture, in my opinion, yeah. to tie theology mm -hmm. into the need for sociology and arguably uh, psychoanalysis as well. Mm -hmm. When you look at the grand narratives of, of in our world, understanding our cultures today, <clears throat> what the humanities do is teach us, help us to uh, uh, interpret yes. and understand thought and and, and possibly intentions mm -hmm. and, and grand narratives from events, mm -hmm. from occurrences, from literature, yes. from songs, mm -hmm. from, um, from, from violent occurrences, mm -hmm. from peaceful occurrences, mm -hmm. from protests, from representation. So it is so so that then what the humanities constantly constantly infers is that there is something to be learned from everything that has happened. Yes. And so uh, the world needs a stronger um, students, but the world in general needs a stronger understanding of the uh, humanities so that we can wrap our minds around um, the reality of epistemology from all sources. So what we're really talking about here, what we're really discussing is creational revelation. That is generally theologians refer to this as general revelation. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about the necessity of understanding that God has left truth in his creation for us to discover. Every, in, in everything, in, in, in everything, even what's painful. Oh, yeah. Even what's painful, oh boy. Yeah. Even that which is painful. Yes. We, we, have, we, we, we must accept what well, the scripture says, that all, that all things work together for our good. So even some events that have occurred um, in life that, that, that bring us to tears, mm -hmm. there is something to be learned, to be mm -hmm. understood if we let the Holy Spirit guide us into observing. Mm -hmm. He's slow to speak and quick to hear. So if we're talking about higher education from a Christian point of view and a humanities-based higher education, let's just make sure everybody understands what we talk about, what we mean by humanities. humanities. We're talking about psychology. We're talking about literature. We're talking about history. We're talking about social science research. Anthropology. Anthropology. Right. We could go on and on here. I mean, there's an awful lot to be invested here or investigated from a humanities point of view. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that's really kind of cool that's going to happen this fall is that I've been invited to teach at IUPUI. Right, right. And I'm teaching a course in the humanities department called Reading, Writing, and Inquiry. And what's really nice about that is that I'll have an opportunity to engage young people to simply ask questions, to get them to think perhaps in ways that they haven't been able to think before. That's right. That's right. You know, and, and, and that's, and, and I think we might get into this topic about, you know, young people and thinking a little bit later uh, to, in the show. But, um, you know, we have to be taught to think. Yes, we do. You know, it's just like it, not understanding uh, and not necessarily what to think. Mm -hmm. Right. But there is a, there is a way yes. to arrive at yes. understanding. So we're talking about the how the yeah. process. The how, right. I don't believe that, that, that people ought to be controlled. No. That, that, you know, and, and, I don't, and we're not inferring that young people, if they're young people listening to us now, or professors or teachers that you know, uh, it's not so much in terms of higher education. Yes, we talk not elementary or you know we talk about higher education, and uh, we, we we don't want to get into that process of imprinting 
Oh, what, what, what's the term that we learned in seminary? Polemics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we, it's not that we want to control what's done, but we do want to teach reasoning. Yes. And logic. Yes. And 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 how to derive, how to deliver yourself from cognitive dissonance. We we, we need to move from coercion to conversation. Absolutely. Coercion Absolutely. to conversation. And actually, I think that'll preach, Pastor. I think that'll preach. <laughs> no, I, it's, yeah, well, well, it's, it's just a touchy situation when, it is. when, when young people hear uh, or, or perceive the notion that you're trying to control my yeah, thinking. Exactly, yes. And we, and we, I just want to, you know, uh, uh, echo the point that you were making. It's not that we try to, uh, it, as, as, as teachers or professors or pastors or teachers, lecturers, we're not trying to dictate to you what you should think, right. but you. But but it is wise to listen to some people who have committed their lives to understanding thought processes, the systematic reasoning, systematic right. theology. It yeah. does make sense. You know, my 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 pastor, Dr. Troy Ladd, told me years ago. He said, "Son, if you listen to me, there are some things you shouldn't have to go through." Mm. Oh, if you listen to me, I've gone through some things for you. Mm. So let me give you the principle mm -hmm. that I've learned. I'm not trying to give you my experience yeah. because experience is not your best teacher. Yeah. But I would like to give you the principle yeah. that I learned from the experience. The best experiential teachers are the experiences of others that you don't have to go through That's again. right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a key important idea here. And I just wanted to pick up on the, the theme of the class I'll be teaching this uh, fall. And the last word specifically was inquiry. So one of the things I'm really concerned about is teaching young young people how to ask questions. Yes, absolutely. The all-important oh. question. Oh, my. And I don't care what politics you have. I don't care how you describe yourself sexually. I don't care uh, about the issues of ethnicity for you. I, I care that you, as a human person, are asking questions of everybody the same questions so that you can begin to better understand and through that knowledge base then better to interpret the world in which you're at. I worked as an adjunct at a school once, at a university once, and one of my students was constantly interrupting, asking questions. Mm -hmm. So following the class, another student asked me, Dr. Posley, why do you let her just do that? You know, we, it, it's interrupting the flow and everything. She, she's an annoyance to the class. I said, well, I can't determine for you whether or not she is an annoyance. <laughs> but I can tell you that my best students ask the most questions. There you go. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Have, you, have you found that? Absolutely. So to the point of questioning, um, one of the things that we teach as educators, mm -hmm. is this idea that the best way to teach is not to preach, not to lecture, but to ask questions, and then to allow students right. to ask questions in class. That's that's what you know, and I don't want to get too far into this, but that, that's what a, the purpose of a PhD is supposed oh. to be: oh, to yeah. pursue truth. That's yeah. all. That's what, what philosophy is: yeah. is the pursuit of truth. Mm -hmm. And so, ultimately, when you earn what when you earn what is considered by many, at most, to be the highest level degree one can earn in terms of uh, outside of medicine, mm -hmm. uh, it's because a person has has to some degree derived at a at a certain set of truths to help them accomplish a dissertation. Yeah. Uh, and it's not that they're professional at everything; they're not right. expert at everything. Exactly. But they pursued some truths in an area that hadn't been pursued specifically in that area in that same manner before. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So they've inquired. Right. That's yeah. right. One of the just to give you a sense of uh, 
of what we're talking about here this morning is this concept of how do we learn. So I'm just going to go through this little uh, process, a method of, of how we teach. Uh, one of the methods that I use, I call it CLAIM, and it starts with a K, not a C. So CLAIM stands for Knowledge, Limitation, Authority, Interpretation, and Mindset. I'll say that again, Knowledge, Limitation, Authority, Interpretation, and Mindset. And what that does is we help people to understand that there's a base of knowledge they need to understand, that there are limits to those knowledge, that it comes from an authority base, that there is then an interpretive process that we go through to understand that, and then ultimately it produces our mindset, which is our attitude or disposition. And of course, I think when we start to think about PhDs or higher education or discussion about the humanities, we really need to have a more of a holistic process in mind right, but like the, of how we come to it. If, 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 if there are any um, PhD candidates or, or grad students listening to the broadcast today, and you, and you are accomplished your thesis or you're moving toward it, Dr. Echo just gave you a five-point process that is valuable. You're going to go to the bookstore. If you haven't already, you probably already bought a book that helps you with your dissertation, that helps you set it up and all that. Yep. He just gave you for free probably $1,000 <laughs> worth of, 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 of $1,500 worth of, uh, uh, what's what's book, uh, not book committee. Um, oh, yeah, dissertation, dissertation committee. committee yes. it's dissertation committee uh, advice right there. Mm -hmm. Because the, 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 a dissertation uh, is about, you know, your relationship to the knowledge source and where you find in there limitations that's right you know and and so you, you so and so you got to go by the process of acquiring knowledge but you got to understand I, i'm not going to go back through it but but that is that is <laughs> i was just sitting there listening to you um as you know dissertation process is difficult especially yeah. in the humanities field mm -hmm. and uh i wish i had somebody said said that to me <laughs> you know, a, few, a few years ago well i'll tell you what this, valuable. this is uh this is one of those situations in life that you don't see very often uh, a black PhD and a white PhD sitting next to each other, having a conversation from a Christian vantage point, and we uh, actually care not only about each other, but about our subject areas, about uh, the communities in which we live, and uh, certainly about this radio show, uh, something that I think is beneficial to everybody. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We need to take a one-song break, but when we come back, we're going to pick up another headline of our day and be discussing that. One song. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio. We'll be right back. Yeah, that, that is that's that is good. That that's, that's that's really good. So so many. Um, yeah, I, I, I have so many problems. I'm sitting here. Mm -hmm. So many times, um, you know, I, I look at the news. I look at just uh, life. You know, yes. just look at the news, and and the world is still afraid. Of this, yes. And I hate that we have to even deal with that, but we do. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it is what it is, right? You know, we, you know, um, one of the best things I think that could happen this this fall, and I, it's on my radar. We'll talk more about this, but uh, I would love for for guys like for you and Commission Nunley and others to come in, but all individuals of color. Merlin Gonzalez, people who don't look like me, and I want them to come into the class, special speaker on the topic of whatever. Uh, but I, I want to make a statement there, just like we're making a statement here. Right. Yeah. Right. Because 
This is, in my, this is my, this is not my opinion. The Bible supports this. This is the righteous view. This is the righteous presentation of the will of God. You check throughout Scripture, from Moses, his wife, to just, the, just throughout the integration that the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of God, worked throughout the Scripture. Joshua's assignment. I mean, uh, Jonah's assignment. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't talk much about those things. God was giving Jonah an assignment to go to a culture of people that he hated. Yeah. Uh, Jonah loved God. But hated Ninevites. That's right. You know, and with good reason. Yeah. You know, sure. it's not, not that it's ever okay to hate, but Ninevites hated the the, the Israelites. Yeah. So um, so you know, you don't hear that talked about. Right. That's it, it can easily be discussed as a race relations incident with Jonah. Mm -hmm. And what to what lengths Jonah was willing to go to to not deal with another culture. Yeah. Right after 9-11, the big issue was how are we going to treat Muslims in our country? Absolutely. And that, I think, was you know an easy way to say, you want to talk about the Samaritan problem? Let's talk about the Muslim That's issue right, right here in, in right. the U.S. And, of course, we use Jonah. And scripture's right full of it. Yeah. Scripture. And so since Scripture is full of it, we have to ask ourselves <laughs> as Christians, yeah. whether the listening audience, we, we have to ask ourselves, where are we? Yeah. About that, yeah. You know, many of us have have pet places to park mm -hmm. in scripture. Mm -hmm. Oh, I hate abortion. Yeah. Or um, I hate adultery. Mm -hmm. Or I, you know, or, or I don't, you know, or we should focus on the poor. We should focus on prison ministry. And okay, all those are topics. Yeah. But the grand topic of scripture <laughs> is to love your neighbor. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. As yourself, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's like the, when the rich young ruler came to Christ. Uh, hey, what good thing shall I do yeah. that I may have eternal life? I've got money. I've got you know who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, you know. After Jesus defining for him, reminded, explaining him what good actually is, yes, and what it is not. Mm -hmm. Here he said, "For you to have riches in heaven, for you to have riches in heaven." Go sell all of what you have and give it to the poor. Mm -hmm. And I, I heard, and I was still explaining in the class one time. Young man was like, man, he just didn't want to let go of his stuff. Yeah, he didn't want to let go of his stuff, but he didn't want to give it to the poor. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the point, right? That's the problem. Mm -hmm. yeah, he he had gotten rich. He didn't want to let go of his stuff, but he didn't want to give it to the poor. That's right. That was the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and his his stuff had him blinded to the needs of other people. Yeah. That's right. That's all of that. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah, I was, yeah, that's what I was saying. That's that's what you yeah, because yeah, because someone was behind. Me. Oh, oh, yeah. sorry. And, and, yeah, that's what I was saying. I, yeah. We got to get our hand signals. No, now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, it's the, that's what it is. We don't have any. Yeah. 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 So, uh, uh, what what's happening on the corner? Uh, Joe's witness. Oh, okay. yeah. So, so that's that's that they they are there. Yep. Okay. Uh, yep. Handing out materials. Uh, yep. Yep. Yes. That'd be interesting. Mm hmm Yeah. Invite them over someday yeah. to have a chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that'd be interesting. Mm. I'd be interested. I did. I did a series years ago when I first became the pastor of the Antioch Church. Uh, uh, the religion of Malcolm X versus the religion of Jesus Christ. Mm. 
And then I did that for about six weeks with major uh, denominations or denominations. I did one, the religion of uh, the uh, religion of Jesus Christ versus the religion of Jehovah. And uh, several people joined the church. Wow. Announced. They didn't know that there were differences in the Bible, about the society, Okay. Most of what people make, used to make changes is just in my teaching. How many? Thank you. We got interviews at your place tomorrow. We're going to talk about that. And we are back. Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv, Cool Group site. You're listening to us at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Group site, Warp and Woof Radio. And uh, in our last segment, we were discussing how important the humanities are to um, our understanding of life as a whole. Um, this, uh, you know, we can jump into all different kinds of things. One of the things that we were discussing uh, actually in the second or in our first segment had to do with some diversity, and we actually mentioned psychology. Maybe we should talk about this uh, concept of neurodiversity, uh, differently abled individuals and how they think and how they work. There was a very interesting article in um, the uh, Harvard Business Review here just recently mm -hmm. that basically said that folks who uh, are on the spectrum of autism are now being seen as individuals who have a production possibility in the tech field that people didn't realize before. And and, and above all this, I think I've heard some before, uh, about, and, and possibly above the, the norm. That's uh, right. Yeah, accelerated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, 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 that, that, that's why we need humanities. We need to, we need to have these discussions. Yes. We need, uh, and, and, and we have to, uh, I think, as a, as a country, do a better job of not dismissing ideas that are foreign right you know yeah. uh, that, that may not make sense that, or that run what we consider to be a foul to how we understand things thus far right at one point going to the moon was a ridiculous notion yes or at, at one point um cloning oh yeah that's was, right was was it's not gonna happen mm -hmm. or 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 some of the advances just yesterday i was reading uh, where um there's a major advancement in, 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 in breast cancer with women. Mm. And uh, reportedly, and I can't remember the article, but uh, reportedly 80% now of women who would have to go immediately go to chemo treatment, chemotherapy, now may not have to okay. of the early detectors. Wow. And so that's, that's, that's huge. That is a big deal. But if we don't, if, if the research, right, if science, yes, you know, if, if, if we, if we stop, Reaching beyond, mm -hmm. uh, then then we don't we don't get those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. It's important since you mentioned the concept of science that we help people to understand. Um, on this particular show, we are basically saying to everybody, look, God's world is God's world, and uh, science is a part of that world. Yes. And when we look at the things that we see around us, uh, we understand them. Uh, let's say we get a headline on some new discovery. Right. You know, that's great. But we also hold that in abeyance. That means we kind of make sure that it's all true before we start putting right. put our, putting our stock in it, so to speak. Right. And so, I, so I think that's important for everybody to hear us say: we are not against science. Right. We are for science because it's God's world that right. science exactly. is. Exactly. And 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 moreover, 
when there there is there will be no scientific discovery that supersedes God. That's right. In other words, anything that and we have to be careful using the word discovery mm -hmm. because if God has already told us to subdue the earth, mm -hmm. we are subduing the earth and we're coming to understand. Mm -hmm. But but uh, all the knowledge uh, for whether cancer research, autism, advances in autism therapy, mm -hmm. or, or or just whatever, even 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 uh, te technology. Yes, this is knowledge that God has. So that's why. Uh, you know, the Christian seems to be confronted uh, by never letting anything get ahead of God. We're simply saying that all things that are understood today what has already been understood by God and given to us. Yes. And so that's why science never gets in front of the sovereignty of God. And so to that point, it's really important to help people to understand that when we talk about that Genesis 1, 28, 29 passage that uses those English words rule and subdue in Hebrew they mean to manage and conserve and so we we are given we are given stewardship we are given management of the resources given to us and the management of resources necessitates of course right. that we take care of the research process as well and then of course to conserve means that we're not going out to rape and pillage the earth that's not the point at all it actually means when you cut down trees, let's say, for instance, if you there cut you down go. trees and, and uh, to make paper, you cut down one tree, you plant two. Right. Why is that? Right. Not only because you're managing and conserving, but because you want to have a job in the future. Right, <laughs> right, right. There, there's a balance. You, you bring up a very interesting point, uh, 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 point about the concept of going green. Yes. It's, it's important, and it's, it's also a, a bunch of a lot of political uh, fiber back and forth about it. Yes. But what you just spoke of is, is, is if I'm understanding you properly, is balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, I believe there is a thing, there is an occurrence happening. The Earth's uh, temperature is rising. I do believe in global warming, but I don't believe that everything we do has to now shift into a total focus. Right. I don't believe there's going to be world annihilation because there's global warming. Right. There has to be. There has to be a balance. Yes. We can't just. I don't believe we can just throw out the notion because there's too much uh, scientific evidence mm -hmm. that proves that it's happening. But at the same time, we can't get ahead of God. You mm -hmm. just. You just gave a per perfect example of there needs to be a balance to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I, I, what I mean by that is how we proceed in dealing with uh, this is what science is teaching that right. is revealing. And, and quite frankly, if I could take this a step further from your good point, and that is, I, I think scientists and politicians need theologians. I think Absolutely. The, theologians have been left out of the discussion. That, 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 that is the problem. That, 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 I believe that is, the, that is the biggest problem. I think what, what um, whatever political party won, mm -hmm. I think God, and uh, to be more specific, if you could be more specific than God, the scripture, the word of God, yes. is being left out of too many decisions. That's right. Which affect masses. Right. So if you want to talk about, let's say, for instance, the issue of poverty, you better be looking at places like Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Absolutely. And you better understand that there is a God who has established the way by which people should be treating each other. Right. Even if you take the Leviticus 19 passage oh, yeah. about cleaning, cleaning. and Absolutely. about how... This is not, when, when we deal with those who are poor, we don't give them a hand out, we give them a hand up. Right. And that hand up is by you let the, right. the edges of the field go and you let anything that falls go so that they can come in and work for 
what's left over. Absolutely. Yeah. And that the doesn't jubilee concept. That doesn't mean that you are in some way um, kind of lording it over somebody else because you're private property owners. That we're not talking about something beyond private property. We're not talking about Christian communism or anything like this. We're talking about how does scripture teach us to treat issues such as poverty or about the environment or about education or about anything. Here's another good example. Just since I mentioned education, this pops into my mind. You know what really fries me as an educator is when people build school buildings and they don't talk to the educators about what is the best way to build a room for education. Right. The worst Airflow thing that you can do, else, right? yes, the right. worst thing you can do, for instance, is right. to have fluorescent lighting right. in an educational classroom. Right. Oh, my word. Right. I could launch into a soliloquy here. Right. right. That, that is, uh, that, 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 that's a very good point. That, that's a very good point. Um, I think, um, but, and, and you, you use an example of building a, um, a classroom. Now, I'm looking at, you know, something in front of you there. Look at how many of the laws have been structured. Mm -hmm. they, they, they're not, there's too many of our laws today. I think that, that's why the practice of law is so, one of the reasons it's so important to me, is that it, even some of the laws have been structured without the people in mind. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we have the, state, the government, right, which is supposed to be for the people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, something that happened just this week. So let me pick up on a headline that just happened just this week. The Supreme Court came down with a 7-2 decision uh, in a Colorado-based bakery uh, that saw in favor of a man who was uh, asked by a homosexual couple to uh, bake a cake. And uh, it went right to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court uh, ruled that he had the opportunity to uh, make a statement, his free speech and so on, that's all well and good. But I gotta tell you, Dr. Posley, that the thing that really gets me about that whole decision is that what better way to be an example to those who may not believe what I believe, but by inviting them in and by baking the cake no matter what. And so as to include people and to say to them, you know what, I love you, I care about you, this is just a cake, man. It's just a case. You know, this that this situation opens the opportunity to bring up the, the idea that sometimes as Christians, we're more concerned about our wis our wisdom or yeah. our way yep. than our work. That's right. Yeah. Our witness and the opportunity yes. to be a witness for Christ, That's according right. to Acts chapter 1, 8, going to the world and be a witness should be our biggest priority. Yeah. What that person was trying to do there is to is to make sure that that person understood the difference between the two right. of us. Right. That's not going to draw anybody to Christ. No, no. So again, if you haven't been hearing us, let me say one more time. Our focus in this show and in everything we talk about is to focus on the sameness of us as human beings. Exactly. And right. that then brings in cultures who might be different, but we're not focused on the differences as much as we are on the sameness of what it does it mean as a human person to think Christianly about all things. That's right. Yeah. You know, and, and Dr. Echo, just, just really consider how many, and we don't know, obviously, but how many people are affected daily by people who say they are Christians, who whose practice of Christianity by and large, uh, drive is, is a statement of difference. Mm, yeah. I love I love God. In other words, people mm -hmm. who, who do this say are saying 
Well, listen, I love God. And the way I'm going to show you that I love God mm -hmm. is to show you how much better I am than you. Yeah. How unlike you I am. Oh, that is not mm -hmm. how we draw people to Christ. And many people, and I've said this from the pulpit, and I mean this, there are several people who are going to hell at the expense of Christians. Ooh, say that again. There are many people who are going to go to hell at the expense of Christians. Mm. In other words, there are Christians who are going to help these people go to hell by what they would not do yes. for them. Yes. Wow, that's a powerful idea. And this is one that, of course, we keep hammering all the time uh, when we talk about the issue of making sure that as Christians, we are attractive to those all outside. Light and salt. Yes. Light and salt. Salt is flavor. Mm -hmm. uh, flavor, rather. Mm -hmm. Salt is flavor. So in that in that scenario you brought up, that's the statement we want to make to people who 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 we who according to the Christian scripture we believe are outside of the ark of safety of salvation. Mm -hmm. That's the statement we want to see. Mm -hmm. mm. That you're not welcome. Wow. Yeah. Is that Samaritan? <laughs> no. oh. <laughs> I'm thinking about that Titus two uh, five eight and ten passage where uh, there are the three so that's in Hebrew or in Greek and. The last one is you're doing all of these things in a culture that's not yours so that you might make the gospel attractive. Right. How are you going to bring people right. to the light right. to have them taste the salt exactly. if you're constantly putting people off? Jesus said in his, in his, in his, in what, I can't think of the name of the discourse that we learned by the seminary, but in uh, Matthew. Oh, the Beatitudes? No, 20, oh. chapters 20. Oh, Sermon on the Mountain. Beyond that, in Christ, and he, oh, oh, they oh. asked him about the set, the end times. Yes, yes, tomorrow. Matthew twenty-four. Right, right, right. And and Christ tells us that the love of many mm. is going to wax cold. Mm. Literally, what he, he he's inferring there is that there's going to come a time in the last days that that compassion mm. is going to be at a premium. Mm -hmm. We have we are seeing this today. We believe the scripture, but some of the very people that we are trying to ostracize are assignments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're assignments. Yep. And, and there's where your Christianity, the rubber of your Christianity meets the road. <laughs> yes. You have got to decide, because if, if, if you send everybody away unlike us, mm -hmm. who is there for us mm -hmm. yep. to, soul, to to help? Come to see Christ. Somebody, you were unlike somebody one day. Mm -hmm. I was outside. I was a mess before I before the Lord got me saved. Mm -hmm. I, I was a mess. I, I, I was a mess. I'm ashamed. I hear people bragging about the world that they lived in. I was ashamed of who I was mm -hmm. before I got saved. Mm -hmm. And someone took a Christian interest in me. Mm -hmm. And while I wasn't, I wasn't struggling with gender. As, as the example you're giving, mm -hmm. I had other struggles, and someone had to decide that I didn't have a struggle that Christ couldn't heal. Mm -hmm. So they reached for me. So from that passage that you're describing, uh, that it just goes right into Matthew 25, which is that statement that Jesus makes about the goats and the sheep. Yeah. And who's who? Where did we see you, Lord, hungry? Where did we see you thirsty? Where did we see you in prison? I'm about to get a cake. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> I stopped right. about to get a cake. That was me. I that was lying. me, man. Yeah. And, and y'all went to the Supreme Court for that. I don't understand this. You're listening to Warp and Wolf Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Group site. Uh, we are looking for those who might be able to fund us through the end of our year. 
looking at about a $14,000 deficit and uh, hoping to see that by July 1. We'd love to talk with you about those things. Uh, shoot me an email at echel, that's E-C-K-E-L, 1957 at gmail.com. We're going to take a one-song break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about headlines of the day, just talking about the kinds of ideas and things that all Christians should be engaged with. You're listening to Dr. Clyde Posley, Dr. Mark Echel, Warp and Woof Radio. We'll be right back. I brought this um, because, among other things, mm -hmm. I've been reading this, but um, Scalia was a Catholic, mm -hmm. a man who had nine children. Anyway, lots of stuff here. But what's really fascinating, fascinating to me, and I thought I would just bring this to show you, is that Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote the forward. forward. You're talking about two ends of the judicial spectrum. Absolutely. So, and that he even asked her. Uh, she did it. No, that he even asked her. No, she did it on her own. This is something that. Oh, he didn't know. This is posthumous. Oh, oh, yeah. oh okay, okay, yeah. okay. Posthumous book. So. Oh, these are these are from his derivatives. Right. His okay, son okay. put this together. Okay. And then uh, Ruth said, okay. "I would like to write this." Thing. I misunderstood. So, I thought. I thought. Uh, you know that. Yeah, I, I, you know that. Right, right, right. So uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, talk about people on different. Well, there's the son asked her. Yeah. Is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So here you have these people who are diametrically opposed judicially. And as it turns out, as you begin to read this about the Constitution, is it is it something based on original meaning or is it something based on a living, breathing document? Which which presupposition do, us, do you assume going into that? But I just thought I'd show you this, that especially the two names right next to each other. I thought you'd get a kick out of saying that. That's huge. Yeah. But it goes to speak to the issues that we face here. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know that we, you and I have had big political discourse about anything necessarily. But to that point, it just goes to show how people can get along. You know, that's okay. And, that, and that's, that's really what Satan is trying to keep quiet. Yeah. That's what he's trying to uh, suppress. Mm -hmm. the, most, the most profound um, leaders of, of, of our time. Mm-hmm. If you be on the consistent thread, is, is that they tried to bring people together. Mm -hmm. The people who are the most maligned, the most infamous, yes. are the ones who tried to divide. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's just the truth. Mm -hmm. um, and and then we have to also, as 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 uh, men of human men of the humanities, we have to help people interpret. Uh, events and comments because everything that appears that, that's why in, in, in intellect and, and learning how to think is important mm -hmm. because everything that appears divisive is not necessarily divisive. That's right. You that's know. right. So, uh, now, something that don't appear <laughs> <laughs> divisive or intentionally divisive. Yes. But, we, but we have to help people understand um, uh, what the difference between right. the two. One of the things that really concerns me is this concept of assumptions you know where what presuppositional base are you coming from once i know oh, that man. now now we can have a discussion so man you know that the, the, the core of uh lsat questions uh the logic the, uh, there's a logic portion mm -hmm. of it is teaching you how to well teach you how to answer these questions right. on this test but 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 also you learn it's taking me back and it's really helping my mind mm -hmm. about assumptions one, one of the approaches is to quickly as, uh, uh, ascertain the the the, the writer's conclusion mm -hmm. 
and then find his evidence or and, and then locate assumptions. Yes. Or are there assumptions yeah. in his evidence? And there are. Mm-hmm. The question is set up that way. That's right. You have to find them. And and often people, uh, we, when you miss the question, you probably in this section, you probably missed the assumption mm-hmm. because they, what they'll do sometimes is give you such a powerful, uh, attractive conclusion mm-hmm. and evidence that you don't, may not know how to refute. But you're not supposed to look at the. You should look at the conclusion. Don't focus on the evidence. You're not looking for the evidence. It's there. You have to look for it. It's there. You're looking for the assumption. Mm. And what many people miss today is a great thing you just said. We don't catch people's assumption mm-hmm. or their inference. Yes. Yes. And Where what, do they start? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This is uh, this is a crucial issue. Just for those of you who are going to catch this on uh, on the repeat, um, we're talking about this book. Uh, Scalia speaks, and we were talking about how Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who tends to be the progressive liberal on the progressive liberal side, uh, was a very good friend of Antonin Scalia's, uh, who was a conservative. And uh, it's very interesting to our point here that uh, folks like this were very good friends, and they got along famously. And isn't that something that we should all aspire to? I mean, that's basically bottom line where we're at here. I think when, when you keep people your focus, we can get along. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because if I know you and right. if I sit and eat with you and I sit and talk to you eye to eye, man, that's a huge thing. Right, that's right. I mean, then, you know, I, I would find it very hard, not that I ever would, frankly. I can't imagine that we would ever have a, a big deal issue between us. But how could I look you in the eye and say something awful to you? Right. If it's just the two of us, right. because we're we're actually thinking to ourselves, so how can a, I say that's this? A big, that's a big deal. It is. How can I say and, this? In the social media age, oh, today, there it is. Exacerbating the that's principle. Right. Oh. It's true principle that you're, that you're you're explaining. That is so true. I think Facebook has done more to harm America than help. Oh, without question. Oh, this is my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I like to qualify with this. This is Clyde. This is the Clydeism. You know, That's all right. It's kind of it's funny at church when, when I tell them, this is the Clydeism. But yeah, man, I really do because a face-to-face meeting, you know, and even, even as we sit here today, there's a certain responsibility that I have, not only to the audience, but to you. We, we, are, we are in this together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as, 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 as we sit here, you know, there's a certain amount of responsibility that goes with you know, working together. Yes. You know, and accomplish and and, and, and being one warping, warping and woofing. You know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Even making sure that the picture we're both in the picture <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Even stuff like that is important. Oh my. So just quickly about tomorrow. Uh, any yeah. changes about that? Just just remind me. Yeah. Mine's been so much. Uh, I, no interview. Yeah, so we would come into to your office at Antioch Baptist. So what time? Do an interview. Ten o'clock. Is that good for you? Sure. Ten o'clock. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Want me to shoot you a text reminder? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what what uh what time do we want to get there? The interview's gonna be at ten. What time? Well, uh, we'll roll in at quarter to. I'll Who's doing the interview? Josh Collingswood, our tech guy. Okay. Yeah. And what what's the subject matter? Uh, it's about Cominius. So it's a documentary about Cominius. Why is Cominius important? But you know, you and I basically be having a conversation for half an hour. Okay. And that'll be just, it'll just normally roll. So it's a documentary. He's going to pull out stuff that he thinks are important ideas. Um, I'm going to get a hold of Merlin Gonzalez. I wanted him because he said he would as well. 
Uh, I don't know if Shaman can come over, uh, but we could just have a whole, whole different bunch of folks coming over and, and helping each other out here with uh, getting out, out the word about Comenius would be helpful, I think. So, yeah, I'll send you a text, uh, say, 8 o'clock in the morning, just to remind me. Okay. okay. You know what I should do? I should get I should get your uh, assistance mobile number so she can corral you. Absolutely. <laughs> At the, um, and I'll shoot it to you. Remind me, I'll shoot it to you. Okay. All right. Uh, everybody's sending a good thing. Uh, I got to keep my mind focused. Yes. It can be intimidating, but not to me because I'm more than a convert. There you go. I was talking to somebody, I don't need 180. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, you're going to get a perfect court. No, you're not. One more class to put you tomorrow at six. How much time, HP? Is he coming through okay? Am I coming through? I'm, I'm uh, I just, if not, I can switch the button. I'm going to switch the button while I'm speaking with you to see if that makes any difference. And we are back, Warping Wolf Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove That's site. Right. You are listening to us at uh, RadioNext.tv. Cool Groove, and uh, we here are we are here every Wednesday from 10 until noon at 2131 East 10th Street, right across the street from the Bonner Center. We've actually had a chance to wave at some folks this morning. We've got this great studio here looking out on 10th Street and uh, folks uh, passing by. So if you ever find yourself down this direction, come on by, wave at us. Uh, we'll uh, you know show us a sign of good good faith and good humor here, and um, and we'll make sure. Uh, to even make a comment about you here on, on the air, uh, maybe turn our our YouTube live around so that, so that folks can see you uh, actually doing your thing. So uh, we are back here talking about uh, different headlines that we found uh, throughout uh, various places. Uh, just we do a lot of reading, Dr. Clyde and I do. Uh, one of the things that that came across uh, this week. Uh, Dr. Posley was this quote from MLK. Mm -hmm. uh, you're the MLK scholar mm -hmm. here, so oh, I don't want that. well, you know, you, you got that scholarship, so I'm holding you to it now. So here it is. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, said, "We can't keep blaming the white man." And when he said that, he was concerned about uh, his own people, uh, African Americans, uh, taking responsibility. Thoughts on that particular idea? Martin Luther King is 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 after a, <clears throat> a point in that instance that evil is our enemy mm -hmm. and not people. Mm -hmm. People are vest can be vessels of evil, mm -hmm. and the danger in in allowing in, or deciding that a race people is your enemy is that you run the risk of saying that they control your will. Mm -hmm. 
And 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 anytime you decided that you no longer have control of your will, mm. then you have, by an act of your will, mm. chosen to make a people your Lord. Mm. Wow, that's a powerful idea. It is not to suggest that 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 there has not been any evil at the hands of whites against blacks. That goes without saying. Uh, but at, at, at the same time, that uh, you can't preach Christ and nonviolence and forgiveness and continue to say mm. that you hate a people for, uh, for some things that another generation of people may not have uh, uh, participated in, right? You know, in, in, in as large amount, right? So when we think about this, once again, this is the necessity of theologians being invested in this conversation. If you believe that. Uh, evil is something that comes from outside of you in another people group, for instance, in this case, then you really are not thinking as a Christian. So a Christian, first of all, recognizes, as MLK did, that evil comes from within, that our problem is ourselves, mostly, right, right. most often. It's, it's the human condition. It's the human condition right. that we face, uh, right. and the issue is really us. So yeah. that, that famous uh, cartoon that once said, we have seen the enemy and he is us. Right. You know, that this is really the issue here. So uh, to everybody that we're talking with here this morning and those that pick us up later, uh, the focus is not on, on the external world, though we see uh, the consequences of evil all around us in the external world. We also understand that the problem is internal and that it comes from within. We have to address sin right. from a theological from point of view. And, and the condition of humanity in, in general. You know, uh, there are some people who may, may 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 not like the statement I'm about to make. It some maybe African American, but but we we often have a uh, I don't know if the term is mild, maybe, but but we often have a narrow view in America and as African Americans of our experience. And I understand, and I'm not trying to minimize it all, but of our experience of racism and slavery on these shores. And, and uh, uh, Joseph Platterball is quoted, uh, no doubt that is quoted as saying, for 350 years, life on American shores has been a social political issue for African Americans. But at the same time, there's some other things we need to keep in mind. Now, let me go backwards. First of all, there were more uh, Africans taken to South America than there were brought here. Mm -hmm. And so th th there's a, there was a race problem before that. And then Centuries, centuries ago, 500 years ago, or there were uh, dominant cultures of people of color who held white slaves. And that's a difficult reality for people to embrace, but it is. I'm not trying to minimize what, what has gone on and what is going on in the young 240 year history of America. It is tragic. It is, it is, it is, it is. It is all the bad things that we often think it is, but 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 we cannot decide to ask God to wipe away a whole race, a culture of people, as though we have never had historically any wrestles with the very same thing that we are condemning people for today, mm. and that's just the truth. One if of them bring in history and humanities. Yeah, we got to be we got to be fair. Exactly. Well, let's do the inquiry thing, and I think I made this, I asked this question, perhaps it was even last week, uh, but one of the questions that I ask people is, uh, you're upset about X, Y, Z, whatever it might be, some external concern, sociological, political, whatever it might be. Okay, I get that. Uh, what does your best 
uh, result look like? If you get everything you want at the end of the day, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. I want people to answer that question because if they can answer that question, it might help me to understand not just the origin of the problem that they're coming from, but the end result, uh, the consequence of it, and then maybe to, to help them to understand that there's a whole lot in the middle that needs yeah. to be understood first. Right. Yeah. I, 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 all of what you said. And, 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 and along with that, we say this. If your best scenario is one culture, I disagree with that. Yeah. And so does the Bible. Absolutely. And heaven, I, I stand with you on that. One. Heaven is not going to be one culture of people. That's right. There's no skin in heaven. You know, yeah. uh, there's no flesh in heaven. But 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 heaven is not going. There will be some people who once had white skin, mm -hmm. some people who once had black skin, brown skin, yellow skin, whatever the case in heaven. So there is no. If, if thy kingdom is supposed to come on earth as it is in heaven, then there's not a scenario where we can have just one culture of people and there be a proper godly utopia on earth. Mm. I don't want that. Right. I don't want an all black society. Mm -hmm. I don't want an all white society. I want a society where skin color is not the dominant factor in how one treats another. Isn't that the truth? This is a, a huge issue. And of course, when we talk about somebody like MLK, we're talking about somebody who really cared about bringing people together, mm -hmm. making sure that uh, the very things that you're pointing out here this morning uh, were something that they we could see in the future. Sure. Martin Luther King, in his last actual sermon, you know, at, at Mason Temple that night on April 4th, that really wasn't a sermon. It was kind of an impromptu sermon. That I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen the other. I've seen the promised land. He was preaching. He was he was preaching, but it, it wasn't a scheduled sermon. His last actual sermon was March the 31st, about four days before uh, at Washington, D.C., in, in the big cathedral there. Okay. And he says he made his major quote is very important. He said, "Reference to what we're speaking. He said, technology and weaponry uh, uh, have, have, have advanced. Uh, none of them have advanced to help to make this world, this neighborhood world, mm. the beloved community, an actual brotherhood world. Mm. And so he's, he's inferring in this sermon that we've advanced in that technology, uh, to making a stronger neighborhood. Mm. We, we've advanced in weaponry, Trying to protect this neighborhood, but we have never we have not come to understand the idea that a powerful world neighborhood or beloved community is when the world becomes a brotherhood. Mm. He's saying that there's no real neighborhood in this world. There's no global community mm. until cultures decide my culture is your culture, brother, mm -hmm. and that's just the way it's going to have to be, uh, Doctor Echo. We, we're going to have to. Let we, not just you and I, but 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 all cultures in, in, in King in, in Kingian theology uh, have to decide to let not let your differences dictate your Christianity. And watch this, and this is going shocks on by here here. But even for people who are not Christian, we can we can function in a world together where we focus on the needs of people. Even if we disagree about God, mm -hmm. it's possible. Mm -hmm. It can happen. Do we? Do we? Do we believe that? Not to get too far with the kingdom. Do we believe that? One of the things that made the Dewey the Dewey decimal system guy, uh, he, he was the atheist. 
but he believed in the needs, meeting the needs of people. Now I'm not trying to get us to become humanist or naturalist, you know, so to speak. But 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 so if we don't, if we only fool with people because they become Christian, mm -hmm. everybody with great ideas, Dr. Eccles, some of those people are not Christian. Mm -hmm. But they do care about those people sitting across the street. That's right. They care about the crack addicts that are on the other side of that tree over there. Mm -hmm. And they're not Christian. Do we not ever work with them to help society? There you go. Until they believe like us? Right. Yeah. This is a powerful and important idea and certainly a statement that needs to be repeated over and over again. And that is that the real problem uh, for ourselves begins within. Yeah. But what we also recognize is that those who may disagree with us uh, from an external uh, vantage point, whatever the political, social, whatever point of view you're coming from, uh, what really is important for us as Christians is to recognize that we bear responsibility for all people, no mm -hmm. matter what. All people. All people. Doesn't matter what color, yeah. what political base, doesn't matter. All yeah. that stuff is. I so love the world. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So we're going to take a one song break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about headlines. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Don't forget, $14,000 necessary to bring us into the black uh, here by uh, three weeks from now, July 1. Uh, make sure to reach out to talk with somebody to talk to me. Eckel, E-C-K-E-L, 1957 at Gmail. Holler at us. Uh, let us know. We'll take a one-song break. We'll be right back. Oh, yes. <laughs> sometimes, you know, and, and I was thinking about this earlier when, you know, sometimes there's a difficulty of, you know, somebody coming in or they have to they have to change their schedule. Sorry, I can't come into the radio day. <clears throat> I was thinking, you know, really for the two of us, this is no idea. Right. <laughs> we could just do this. It, 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 it shouldn't be. You know, yeah. what? the way I feel, we bring in a guest, we're asking them to specialize in what, discuss what they, mm -hmm. uh, area in which they uh, specialize. Mm -hmm. But um, I believe that God wants our voices mm -hmm. out there because this is, this is really, this is, this is the way it's going to be. If the Lord were to call one of us home, we should continue this work, man. Mm -hmm. He will give, he will give the other person what they need. To continue this work, because mm -hmm. this is a godly thing. This is not. It's not just. She's in the street, man. She's in the wheelchair in the street. Um, um, this this is a godly work, and this is what it's going to have to take. I think. I think every president needs more of this. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, the legislature, the the, the uh, houses of uh, both Congress and and, and Senate. Need to have more of these, not just let not not only them making decisions, but they need to hear, not just bring people in that they have a concern about. They need to hear some diversity mm -hmm. from the streets, yes, from from the community, from from other scholars more often. Mm -hmm. You know, because you know, um, we our God brought us to this place. Mm -hmm. Both of us, both of us had to meander through, get through by the Holy Spirit all of the pitfalls that could have hung either of the two thinkers up in the minutia of racism. Mm -hmm. You know, I came up in a background that was trying to breed a racist. Mm -hmm. You know, 
you know, I, I can, you know, I, I don't know how I told you about the, the, the elementary school experience I had. Ever talk to you about that? Tell me again. Yeah, well, well, just just quickly, when, when uh, I went to school down here on 10th and Wallace, um, and that's when Judge H.U. Dillon was in, uh, instituting desegregation in like 71, 72. And uh, when I got to, I'm seven years old, when I get to the school, there are uh, whites, white kids and white adults with baseball bats, clubs, brass knuckles, and everything waiting for our buses. That's my first, and this is my first experience with white people, period. Mm -hmm. I grew up in predominantly, you know, uh, black neighborhood, and uh, I'm seven, you know, so, and so this is my first, first experience, and it was, it, it was rough, man, so I was, I was, and then, so, and imagine some of the things that happened to me, you know, that I just now understood, well, the principal told my mother I was right. And that I, I I was ignorant. My mother told me, "You don't know. He he, he could become a doctor, a lawyer, anything." It was it was it was mm -hmm. it was something special. I was bred mm -hmm. to become a racist, and I met mm -hmm. the Lord. Mm -hmm. Wow! And here and here I sit today. That's right. There you go. Oh my! I thought maybe we should uh, talk about emotion over reason, the political, cultural, emotional excess of our day. Okay. <clears throat> into that. Tell me what you have, what you have in mind. I'm right here on 10th Street. And we are back. Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. You're listening to us every Wednesday from 10 until noon. Really grateful for uh, you to be with us here today. Uh, not only watching us here live, perhaps maybe catching uh, the uh, feed later on, uh, maybe listening to our podcast, whatever the case might be, uh, but we're grateful for your participation as well. Again, if there are those of you who are out there who know of some guests that we need to have here in Indianapolis, uh, please feel free to touch base with us. I think this is a really powerful opportunity for a lot of different folks to hear different points of view and specifically, decidedly from a Christian point of view. Well, in this next segment, uh, Dr. Clyde, we're uh, going to talk about this problematic issue that we find all around us. And you kind of touched on this a moment ago when you talked about the problem of Facebook generating, being one of the worst things that generates this, this uh, uh, antipathy toward people, mm -hmm. uh, that, that we really don't like each other. And we, we breed that through Facebook. So we're anonymously posting these things. Uh, or even if we do post them based on our posts, we don't have to really look somebody in the eye about this. Well, one of the uh, articles that came out of the New York Times here this week uh, was one from a university president, or I should say dean. She's also in the humanities department at Drexel University, right. uh, Professor Cohen. And she said that one of the things that she's concerned about is uh, in this uh, politicized, more than that, socially uh, social media presence of day, that emotion has overtaken reason. Let's talk, let's speak to that particular issue. How has emotion overtaken reason in 2018? <laughs> well, that's, that's you know, I, I think uh, Commissioner Nelly here to help us would, 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 would be a blessing for us. But uh, you know, I think it would be a good idea, Mark, if you look at the average user, average age of Facebook, not only Facebook user, but also uh, 
of the Facebook users, look at in their average age. Let's also look at, the, if we could, look at the average age of those who are making inflammatory statements, uh, not just opinions, because I'm, I'm okay with a person's opinion. I don't have to agree with it. But the opinion have to be inflammatory, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I think you're bringing to mind some of the what we discussed about the amygdala, you know, and some of mm -hmm. and, and and the emotional side of the brain uh, versus the, uh, the the reasoning and logic, the uh, the uh, wisdom side of the brain, mm -hmm. and and the underdevelopment sometimes in the frontal lobe. Yes, I think a lot a lot of I think some of that Facebook, you know, uh, Instagram. Um, uh, foolishness mm -hmm. uh, can be attributed to some of that, some of that recklessness can be attributed to some mental, some emotional uh, issues. But then uh, another part, and I think the biggest part, is that most people who put uh, derogatory and, and dangerous, even self-deprecating things of themselves and mm -hmm. fights, and mm -hmm. uh, one guy killed himself on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And you know, this these this one guy's going around killing people on Facebook. Yes, you know, yes. and you no, know, it has to do with evil. Mm -hmm. We live in a world today where you know people are not basically good. Yeah, you know, right. you know, we are born in sin and shaped mm -hmm. in iniquity. And uh, I, I think uh, this emotionally charged world, uh, emotionally charged, emotionally charged America. Mm -hmm. Uh, is the media is playing a part in? I think the government role in it. I think the factors that I talked about. I think um, fears inside people are being stoked. Um, but um, by and large, I think it's the hand of Satan. Mm -hmm. Wherever there is division, mm -hmm. we know the hand of Satan yes. is, 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 is is working there. And anything that is the hand of Satan, you know. Uh, I was talking. Here's a good example. I was I was talking to someone on the way here, and I I, I explained to this one of my members. And I explained, you know, God won't put more on you than what you can bear, but you can. Mm. You can put more on you than what you can bear. She said, "How?" I said, "From disobeying God and living a life that excludes His word." Mm. Oh boy! And so Facebook and social media. Mm. How much? How much? God, I love you. Mm -hmm. I forgive you. Mm -hmm. Inclusiveness, do you see in Instagram, social media? There, there are two rules in life. Uh, the first rule is there is a God. That's rule number one. Rule number two is you're not Him, and that that's an important idea because when we talk about things from Scripture, we start in Genesis chapter four. We got the way of Abel and we got the way of Cain. We do not have a third way. Right. There's no fence. The fence does not exist. You don't have anything to that in the middle. So. You go all the way through the Bible. You see uh, the book of Proverbs, for instance. What do, you, what do you see? You have you see the way of wisdom and you see, see the way of foolishness. There's no third way. You go to Jesus. What does Jesus say? There's a wide path, a lot of people on it, and then there's a narrow path. Not many on it. That's my way. You got a wide and a narrow path. There's two ways, not three. This concept that runs all the way through the Bible is imperative for us to understand that the foolishness that we see in the world around us, the foolishness that we engage in when we talk about social media or our overpowering emotions, allowing that to overpower reason, really comes because we have adopted the other way. We have adopted the wide way or the foolish way or the way of Cain mm -hmm. uh, instead of saying, asking ourselves the question, what do I want to be known for? Right. 
I'll put something up. You see the post I put up about Schadenfreude the other day? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I love that. You that know, was great. Listen, you know, um, um, Mark Barker, who's, who, who's a um, psychoanalytic author. Okay. He's a, he, he, he is Lacanian in his approach and uh, to understanding grand narratives. Let me, I'm going to try to bring this together quickly. We had a guest. What was the guest you had on the other day about the uh, emotional intelligence? Uh, yeah, John Laster. John Laster. Yeah. John Laster talked about pathway, neural path mm-hmm. pathways in the brain and, and how that's a habit becomes easier uh, because our brain is familiar with that path. So emotions run through that path because it's already set. So we, it's quick, it's easier to jump into that. And he got it from the book, uh, uh, the con- he's explaining the concept of rare leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, America has a brain. Cultures have brains. Mm-hmm. That's what grand master narrative thinking is. Yes. What is the thinking? And that's a part of humanities. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like psychoanalysis. Uh, you know, it's easier for us to run through our habitual responses mm-hmm. whenever God does not lead us. We have these pathways of, uh, I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Let me destroy you. Mm-hmm. Because that's historically how we often have been in America. Uh, America, uh, let's just get rid of what's not like us. Mm-hmm. We, we, and we're almost, uh, just for the use of this term, bipolar in the sense of our thinking relative to that, because we have integrated, for example, America is a melting pot of, of multiple cultures. And at the same time, we try to exclude people. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense. You know, that just is on, it's on its face. Mm. That doesn't make sense. Yes. Because the greatness of our culture is the mix of what it what is in it to build it to what it is. Yes. Yeah. You know, and so we 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 we've gotten the habit of just responding with our emotions mm-hmm. and not logic. And it's hurting. It's hurting. It's hurting this. Yes. Dialogue. This discussion. Yeah. 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 One of the things that strikes me as I hear you say this is that um, there's still an awful lot of people in this world that want to come to this nation. They want to immigrate into the United States of America. Why? And yeah, that's a great question. Why do you want to come here? You know, haven't you seen all of the awfulness that we have here on our streets? Haven't you seen the ethnic difficulties? Haven't you seen the pro- uh, the issues of poverty? Guess what? People still want to come here. And there must be a reason why that is. And the reason, of course, is that this is a great country in many respects. It's got its huge problems, but it's a great country because people coming from other countries got even worse problems than we have. Or, or, and, and even if, one, if our listener disagrees with you, or when, when, we, when we put this on the, on the, on the, uh, the website, the website, they disagree with you. They can't refute what you're saying. Mm. If, if, if it's terrible. Why are people coming? Why are people coming here? I mean, come from everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking about black people. We're talking about white people, yellow people, brown people, all different colors and shades. And the whole point, of course, in this discussion is to say, you know what, the 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 issue is, folks are still coming to the United States of America. Uh, The issue, of course, of the emotion over the reason issue. We there are so many different directions that we could probably take this. how do you see this being played out? Let's say, for instance, in your pastoral role, how do you see people struggling with um, allowing emotion to overtake reason? And I'm not asking you for personal stories here. I'm just asking a gen- generally as a pastor, 
How do you see this being worked out in the church today? It's it's those two are directly impacted by people's commitment to the Word of God. Ooh, say that again. Yeah, people people's ability to function logically uh, in, in the sense of, of trusting Scripture. Mm -hmm. There is a logic in trust. People say it's illogical to trust God. No, it's not. You know, when you, it depends on how, what you see God, who, how you see God. Right. Uh, but uh, it's directly logic and, and people dri driven by their emotions. Mm -hmm. It's totally uh, connected to where they are with church on Sunday and hearing the word of God. Are they literally taking notes? Mm -hmm. Are they embracing the principles? Do I see them in, in, implementing the statutes and principles I'm teaching from scripture? And then Bible study. The, 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 and I'm telling you as a pastor of, of, of 30 years, people who, who express the love of Christ and the, and the compassion for people and, and whose emotions aid their Christianity instead of their Christianity being dictated by their emotions. Mm. These are the people who let the word of God richly dwell in them. Mm. Wow. That's a powerful word. This concept coming out of Colossians chapter three, that the word of Christ may dwell in you richly. This is a big issue for us in the church. One that of course, uh, I don't think we've taken advantage of one, certainly that uh, we need to uh, help people to understand. Uh, let's take this a little further and, and talk about this from an educational point of view. And I'll just offer something to just jump in. One of the things that uh, I see in my students all the time, and I don't care which political end of the spectrum they're coming from, but they have this um, driven either by their, their culture, by their parents, by their church, by something, mm -hmm. uh, or by uh, social media, that they react, their active approach to all things is first of all emotional. Mm -hmm. Their first response is not, gee, let me ask a question about that, or have I talked with somebody else that disagrees with me on that particular point? It's immediate, immediately emotive uh, in its response, and I see this on a regular basis. Right. You know, if if uh, let, let's imagine that a person, uh, let's go back to the uh, hunters and gatherers okay. age, ages, and a, a a a let's call them a caveman. Just, just rather, rather than get into the end of all anything like that. Let's just say, okay, man, it's walking around with a club. And um, and then he sees, um, he's confronted with an animal he's never been confronted with. And he's swinging his club and he's not killing this animal. He's killed every other animal with his club. Can't kill this animal with his club. You know what he's probably going to do? Run or kill himself. Mm. And you know why? Because he's not familiar with any other means mm. of slaying or gathering mm. except the use of his club. Mm. Many people today, because they exclude the word of God, they don't want to hear preachers, they come up with reasons. And see, he's a, he, he's wrong. He's sin, so I'm not gonna listen to him. Mm. Well, let me just share on secret. Every preacher you know sin. <laughs> that's right. You know, and, and so so if that's the case, you might as well just quit. Yeah, but they're all. So, so most people's club is their emotions mm. from child. The first thing you do mm. when you come here out of your mother's womb is learn to use emotion to mm. get fed, mm. to be held, mm. to be talked to, to be, you know. And so most people never get out of that. And so their reasoning becomes mixed mm. or led by emotions, what I want, I need to use emotion to get it. Yeah. That's why 
seven, eight year olds, 10 year olds, 12, 15, 16 year olds, throw tantrums. Oh my. Because I fundamentally came here believing that my emotions are, are pay my bills. Wow. These are important words we're talking about here. We're talking about headlines at warp and move radio. Uh, at radio TV at the cool group site. Uh, we're going to take a one song break. And when we come back, we'll have about 10 or 12 minutes left. Uh, but when we come back, we'll talk about another headline, another issue. Uh, we'll talk about the importance of uh, supporting this radio show, uh, emphasizing, of course, the CominiusInstitute.org.com. Uh, WarpAndWoof.org is my uh, website. Uh, Dr. Clyde Posley, pastor of Antioch Baptist Church here in Indianapolis. Uh, contact us, uh, connect with us so that we can uh, lead you in a direction that will help you help us in terms of donations. We're going to take a one-song break. Warp and Roof Radio, RadioNext.tv. We'll be right back. It's a busy corner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been fun to see some folks come by and wave. And those little kids, man, how many kids in the strollers? Well, summer camp. Uh, Must be something. Oh, well, you know, I'm sure the center, center has. Oh, okay. and, and school's out. That school's out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't suppose we'll be seeing that in December, January, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I, bet you, I bet you we see that corner. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It would be interesting, you know, because if this place is supposed to be built up and it's supposed to be changing here soon, or at least in the next three years, from what they've said, uh, it'll be interesting to see what it looks like. And hopefully we'll be as diverse as they want it to be with the Bonner Center sitting here on, on a corner making a statement by itself. My son is down from Ohio, and he's oh, doing yeah. some work for us, and he wants to make sure that I get home to answer a question. I got meetings this afternoon, but get home to. So, are you uh, teaching this summer? Uh, this summer teaching? Mm -hmm. I'm preaching a couple times. I'm preaching July 1st at my church, July 29th at. What did what, 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 what set you uh, a time? No. Let me send you Michelle's phone number first. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll need to set you up time. Yeah. Yeah, happy to come. And, uh, and of course, uh, I think one of the prerequisites that I, that I bring white friends with me, right? Now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I've chuckled over that a time or two. Yeah, I, I think it'd be really cool to get... Um, Brian Moore here, the, the elder from my church that you met that day at the breakfast for dads. And oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, you know, he said, anytime I can participate in something, he said, here's my cell number. Just let me know. He works for Rob as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Not sure what he does necessarily. Where, where, where he works? I don't know. Sister? I have no clue. It's such a huge organization. I, I don't know where to start. Yeah. So once you're done with you know studying for LSAT and making the LSAT and stuff, do you have a, a timeline for classwork? Uh, it should be uh, the 22nd of uh, uh, in August. Okay. Is it going to interfere with this? No, it shouldn't. Okay. Okay. Shouldn't. I'm going to start uh, part time, which is an evening. Okay. I think I'm going to go this first semester part time. I think I can do full time. Um, but I want to start for best best 
Put your foot in the, toe in the water and see what's up. Right. Uh, Charles Downey said, always start small. Mm -hmm. What it is. Yeah. That was, that's how exactly how I feel about this course at IUPUI. Mm -hmm. And they asked me, you know, how much do you want to teach? And I said, I just want one right now. I just want to get my feet wet and figure out what's going on, start how you guys small. approach it. Right. Nothing wrong. Yeah. All kinds of things going on besides what we're already doing, you know, going in so many different directions. Yeah, this is going to be one interesting corner of the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm frankly pleased that we're not in Greenfield anymore for this very reason, that we're literally in the urban well, it fits. It fits what we're doing. That's right. That's the way we're doing. That's, that's I mean, it's, it's longer for me to come here. It is for you too, right? Yeah. But it's better, I think, in the long run, generally speaking. Is he doing painting? Uh, I suspect so. I saw some rollers out there earlier. Yeah, Phil's trying to shape this place up, you know. He just asked for a cigarette. That's a major request. Mm. Isn't that the truth anymore? Yeah. How much do they cost a pack now? I don't know. It's over $5. Oh! I oh! I've never bought a pack of cigarettes. I haven't bought a pack of cigarettes in my dog. I've never smoked cigarettes. Okay. Uh, but I think they're over $5 now. So if I tell you that I have an occasional cigar, you won't uh, you won't excommunicate me? I didn't say I didn't have an occasional cigar. <laughs> I said I've never smoked cigarettes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a one classic friend. Uh, uh, he likes to be together and, and have a glass of wine. That's it. You know, I was in his house just a couple, couple of weeks ago watching playoffs. Mm. Oh, we gotta we gotta get together and do some bourbon. Oh, did I say that on YouTube Live? <laughs> uh huh. And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio at Radio Next.tv at the Cool Group site, and we are dealing with headlines out of uh, our culture today. We've only got about uh, 12 minutes thereabouts uh, left. Um, one of the issues that we've uh, talked about just in the last segment had to do with the problem of emotion and reason. And I thought it would be interesting, considering school's just out, and you're just about to start school again. I'm still taking classes at IUPUI. Uh, let's just talk for about 10 minutes on this issue of making school tougher. Again, a New York Times article this week I thought was fascinating was that uh, one of the people in, um, in education that was writing this particular article said, you know, one of the things that we think would be helpful to teenage bad behavior would be to make education tougher, make classes harder. So if, if uh, classes were made harder, more difficult, do you think that that in any way would curb uh, teenage misbehavior or bad behavior? Well, harder for who? <laughs> there you go. No, that's, uh, no, I don't. I don't think that. I think there are too many factors involved with behavior. Mm -hmm. That contribute to what's considered quote bad behavior. Yeah, there, there's, there's, uh, there's environment. Mm -hmm. You know, there's uh, nutritional deficits. Yes. Um, that that contribute to it. Then there is the progenitor of the prevailing definition mm -hmm. of bad behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, who's to say? You know, I, some of the most intelligent people in the world, for example, are noted to have had to. Have been diagnosed with ADD mm -hmm. or ADHD. Yes. So that is so. What you may be calling bad behavior may be your inability <laughs> to handle 
yeah. the mind that is in front of you. That's right. Um, and so, no, I don't. I don't think making class hard. And then, and then, because of human nature, there's also the risk of, of bias and racism mm-hmm. uh, to, to become a factor mm-hmm. in what you consider to be bad behavior <coughs> and, and what and what it is. You know, um, I don't think um, I don't think that any of these shooters in any of these schools mm-hmm. uh, would have not did what they did had they had the classwork or had more homework. Yes, right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think some, in, some information about their, their environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if you look at several of them, for example, they got a gun from their environment. Their environment, their parents. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and, and then uh, some of them have been, uh, several of them have been, have been diagnosed. Right. With, with some form of mental illness. Mm-hmm. And, and neither of those would have been affected by more homework or, or more calculus at the second grade right instead of you know yeah. in, in, in high school well let's take this in a different direction and uh talk about higher ed again uh, maybe a nice place to close out the program today uh just to begin i'll tell this story just i just finished teaching a course called theological foundations for ministry mm-hmm. and the last paper that students had to write was uh to give a theological philosophical and practical examination of their ministry, whatever that is, whatever the ministry was. And uh, the students um, were writing to me at the end saying, "It's this is the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's the best thing I've ever done. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. One of the things that the folks at IUPUI asked me about student success, they asked me this question. So if a student is struggling, how are you going to help the struggling student? And I said, I will never lower my standards but I will always lower myself. That's good. I like that. So this is... I was thinking something along the lines of what you're saying. This is exactly yeah. what Jesus did, right? Exactly. They he need the toughness. Yeah, they I, need I don't that. disagree with that, but they need compassion. Right. They, they need they need uh, a paraclete in the classroom. Ooh, a paraclete in the classroom. Yeah. A yeah. Holy Spirit. That's, that's how I've always, you know, I, I, even even at times I wasn't teaching a... Uh, a theological course. You know, mm-hmm. I taught sociology and political science for several years, mm-hmm. and uh, I want my students to excel. Mm-hmm. I tell my, I told my students when they came in the room, "You have an A." Mm-hmm. Now, what what my job is is to help you maintain your A mm-hmm. while you learn. Okay, yeah. that's a great, greater uh, perspective on that. It really does fascinate me, and maybe you can speak to this issue uh, more specifically. But it does fascinate me that when students see standards, that there's different responses to standards. So they view, let's say, a really hard uh, class and a real hard assignments. Some students excel at that, or they say, you know what, I'm I'm going to rise to the challenge. Sure. But other students other say, shrink. yeah, they shrink from it. Yeah. And so, uh, what might we say uh, to people is the real issue here? Is the real issue one of you know you can't handle it? Or is the real issue one of will and disposition? And how do I uh, say to myself, you know what? This is a good thing I'm doing. I want to make sure that I'm successful at it. I'm going to push myself together. Well, in in the in both of you and I have taught in what's considered to be major universities. So if they have met the interest requirements, they can handle it. They can handle the course. Okay. Okay. So that's how I feel. Yeah. And so with, with that said, I think more than more often than not, what we miss as professors is how to teach these students. Yes. And that might be that might vary in a particular classroom. Mm-hmm. For me, I have discovered that andragogy works best 
when you let young people talk, mm -hmm. yes, and they hear other young people talk, but I keep control of the room because I am teaching. Mm -hmm. It helps them expression. It helps them work out their thoughts to 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 grapple to even grapple with me. Mm -hmm. I give them the I give them the freedom to disagree. All of this is a part of my approach to helping them learn. And a couple of times, you know, uh, I was considered by at one school I was at for two years the most popular teacher. Now, I'm gonna say best. Now I'm believing that goat stuff. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, but 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 we, we have to if a student is at a college level, they are capable of learning. They may even have behavioral problems. Like we're not psychologists in the room. But we have to learn how to even use a person. Sometimes they come to class. I had uh, students come to class with emotional issues that they were dealing with. Man, they're upset about their financial aid. They just broke up with their girlfriend, whatever, that, a boyfriend or whatever yep. the case. Yep. We have to learn to deal with the students. It's just like pastoring to me. Mm -hmm. when, when, a, when, a, when a person joins my church, they bring every bit of their experience with them. Mm -hmm. False failures and gifts. Yeah. And so really what you've just described there is we need to help educators understand that they literally are pastors in the classroom. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. The ministry for, for, of for the, 15 weeks. Yeah, right. So the educator in the classroom is pastoral in their uh, response to people. That's right. And that and so when we let's talk about what what does pastoral mean? Pastoral means not just their intellect, right. not just their reasoning ability. But everything about them, right. what you just said, they bring their whole experience to church with them, right. and that okay. that means that you have to deal with that, whatever that is. If you if, if you ask most people, and I, I don't know uh, surveys that come to my mind immediately, if you ask most people who have been the, the honestly the most impactful people in their lives, I'm not talking about your emotions, who you like the most, mm -hmm. but who are the ones who have made the most impacting your life in the sense that you are carrying out mm -hmm. what they taught you and mm -hmm. how you go about your life. Yeah. Your teachers. Yeah. Yeah. So now, a lot of guys will say coaches. Mm -hmm. But the coach is a teacher. That's right. That's right. Just as much as a math teacher yeah. might be a, a friend, a mentor, uh, just as much as the English teacher. Doesn't matter what mm -hmm. the subject is. Right. You know, it's the pastoral interest of That's the right. individual that's right. that really is, is true. Ultimately your pastor, as you get older, should become your ultimate teacher in the earth realm. Yes. Yeah, because he's teaching you how to hear the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's the main thing. Yeah, that's right. And so for us, then, as we think about the educational process and, and the importance of helping uh, people to think differently about this from a Christian vantage point, I'm thinking of a place uh, like in uh, New Testament in First Thessalonians chapter 2, where Paul says that I worked day and night so that I might show myself to be a father and a mother to you. So both aspects of the gender, the compassion so-called of the woman and the discipline of the father brought together in one person, you know, we have to have a heavy hand sometimes. We have to make sure that, that people follow the rules and those kinds of things, but understanding why they might not have wanted to follow the rules at the same time. That's right. Well, all of that matters. Because if, if a person, if a student's in your class, <clears throat> they're not learning, teacher needs to find out why. Mm -hmm. Now, you may run across a student who cannot learn from you. Right. And and that's a, that's an aid, too. Right. Get them. You know, I, 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 I've said this to church members before and been, been, been popular. I may not be the pastor for you. Mm, wow. 
And that's okay. Yeah. Because if I'm not the pastor for you, and you're sitting up in here trying to put a, a square peg into a round hole, mm -hmm. you're so, you're not somewhere you need to be. Mm. I'm the pastor here. So if, if, if it doesn't work for you, don't just give up and not and tell this to be unfruitful for both of us. Mm -hmm. Ask God, because I'm praying for you and I'm praying with you. Ask God to have you where you are supposed to be, because you're not supposed to be somewhere where you don't want to hear the teacher. This really reminds me of something that I learned early on in my teaching, teaching junior and senior high school students, uh, and that is that I can't meet everybody's need. You cannot. It's just impossible. And it's, it's true to our, and, and it's unwise to even pursue that. Right. Right. So that was one of the earliest lessons and really one of the most shaping statements, psychological statements as a teacher early on that I figured, finally figured out that this wasn't up to me, that uh, ultimately uh, students bore responsibility as well. Sure. That's a whole discussion point, sure. That's a, how, yes. how teaching learning goes both ways yeah, and absolutely. both are responsible. Right. It's a, it, it's a teamwork. Yeah. It's, we have to literally become one about this subject matter yeah. and the value you place on this subject matter. And to, to your point earlier, you know, to be the popular teacher, you might not be the popular teacher with some people. But with another teacher, that's that's their person. You know, they think the world of that individual. Well, we're not surprised by that because we can't meet everybody's we needs. Cannot, we cannot. Yeah. And and there is such there should be such a freedom from stress yes. in the teacher's mind. When there it is. To, you know what? I may not. Even for a first grade teacher, mm -hmm. you may not. You're not a psychologist, right? You yeah. you may not be. You know, I, I ran across a student or two. That, that didn't like that I let people talk. I, I, I mentioned that. Mm -hmm. that did, didn't like that I let people talk. Okay, well, I have to do what works best for this class. Yeah. And, and and uh, of course, I, I, I rarely do I have anybody to withdraw from my classes, but I think I may have had one or two that they withdraw. Maybe they didn't like to teach. Okay, you should do that. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't, not because if you stay here and you don't do this work, right. <laughs> you know, I, you know, it might so be difficult. It might be difficult yeah. for you. And, and, and for both okay of us, actually. For both of us. So I don't want to see you fail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And well, if you don't learn, I fail mm -hmm. in my mind. Right. You know, if I didn't find that way to teach you to learn. Mm. Yeah. One of the things that you get, you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, one of the things I want to do in this uh, course this fall is actually to have music playing when students come into the classroom. And every week I want to have different kind of music. So that everybody feels like, hey, their music is at least represented when they come into the classroom. And to say, you know, the teacher actually cared enough that he went out and found what it was that what it was that you know connected to me. So, you know, I'm not a big rap or an R and B guy, but um, you You're know, not? I, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a big jazz guy, and I love jazz. So, you know, I'll bring that in. Or I'll bring in rock, or I'll bring in classical. But I love you. My, my minor in, in grad school was music appreciation. So there you I, go. I, I, yeah, I even like stroke. You never heard stroke music? We're talking about. Oh my, that's a whole discussion point, yeah. right? Well, listen, uh, everybody, we're winding down here to the end. Uh, Dr. Clyde, uh, take thirty seconds. What are what's something that everybody ought to walk away with today that they should not forget this week as we close out the program? The world. Is a classroom. Mm. Period. Wow. The world is a classroom. And you should be learning. Constantly. Constantly learning. Yeah. And you learn more from listening than you ever do from talking. Ooh, say that again, please. You learn far more from listening mm. 
than you ever do from talking. Isn't that the truth? So the we ought to be asking questions more than we're making statements. That's right. How about that? That's right. Seek to, seek to understand more than to be understood. That's it. Boy, you know, this is a, a great way to end this program today. We've been talking about lots of different headlines, uh, many of them having to do with educational interests, of course. And for those of you not familiar, uh, both of us are educators. Both of us have PhDs. Both of us are consistently interested in helping people learn. Uh, whatever the framework might be in, could be from a pulpit, could be behind a lectern, could be sitting on uh, two chairs just having a conversation. And to whatever. critically think. Yeah. To critically think. Right. We have to always agree, but let's both think critically. Yes. Yeah. And approach each other with, you know, an open hand. Right. How about and that? Heart. Yeah, open hand, open heart. There you go. Well, you've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. You hear us every Wednesday from 10 until noon. Next week, we have a special guest and another special guest, two special guests next week. Jennifer Nutter, who is a teacher at Heritage Christian School, does a great work for refugees here in Indianapolis. Been at this work for eight or nine years. She'll be bringing in a former refugee friend of hers so that both of them will, will spend the second hour with us in our program next week. We'll be discussing issues concerning refugee status next week in our first hour, building a biblical theological base, mm. and then bringing in, of course, the folks, uh, the experienced folks in refugee status in the second hour. So we've been glad uh, to be here with you today. Those of you who have seen us live, those of you who will catch us later on, podcasts, YouTube, live uh, media, we're really grateful for this, grateful for our producer, Harold H.B. Bell. H.B. Yeah, we are grateful for Phil and Cynthia and their great uh, great uh, facility here at 2131 East uh, North. Let's see, where, where are we? East 10th Street. East, East 10th Street, right across the street from the Bonner Center. Come visit us someday. Shoot us a message. Find us all over social media. We're glad to be a part of Indianapolis and to reach out to all folks. Dr. Clyde, as always, it's a pleasure to be with you, my brother. Pleasure's always mine, my friend. Looking forward to next week already. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you then. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs>